Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Did you ever fly the Concorde? I flew the Concorde okay. so many times. And it Tell was me. the most terrifying thing in the I world. I was going because, to say it looks so scary. Oh, because it's <laughs> narrow, 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 yes. narrow. Literally this an aisle mm-hmm. and then two tiny seats. And it's long. Yes. And you can barely stand up. And there's stewardesses with carts. And it's sure. crazy. Like two seats ahead of you is Anna Winter. Right, right. And Ray Charles right. and Merce Cunningham. And they could never land where they were supposed to because it was too light or too much uh-huh. wind. I was in the Concorde a few times when, like, they had to drop fuel over the ocean and go back. And then you'd have to get another flight. And it took you three times as long. And it was uh-huh. all so expensive. It was so crazy. <laughs> This is Hello, Isaac, my podcast about the idea of success and how failure affects it. I'm Isaac Mizrahi, and in this episode, I talk to my dear friend and today's guest host, Brandon Lewis. Hello, Isaac. It's me, Brandon Lewis. I'm super excited to ask you these questions. So I guess it's hello, Brandon, instead. We'll talk. We'll figure it out. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Sometimes working with somebody... You know, you develop a really, really, really great rapport with them. And, you know, you start questioning, like, whether it's best to kind of continue working together or develop some kind of a friendship. You know, oftentimes it's both, as in the case with Brandon Lewis, who I met years and years and years ago. And the way we got to know each other was in the very intimate setting of the backseat of my car. We traveled to QVC together about 350 times, there and back. So it was like hours in the car on the way to QVC, hours together in the mall waiting for the next QVC appearance, hours together eating dinner waiting for the next appearance on QVC, and then hours back in the car. So I know a lot about this man, and he knows a lot about me. And the thing about Brandon is he is just so funny and so delightful, and I'm not exactly sure what it is about him that just tickles me, you know? He's just like a fun soul, like our souls match, you know? So today the podcast is going to be a little different in that Brandon is going to run the interview. He is going to ask me questions that we have culled from my listeners, right? And also he's going to expand on them because he knows me so well. I'm not exactly sure what to expect. I just thought this was an interesting exercise on top of the million and two interviews I've ever done. This is kind of like you know, um, the home turf version of that. So here we go. Hi, Queen. 
Hi, Queen. What's going on? You look chic in the headphones. It's kind of like a wig reveal on a lip sync for your life or something. Well, like if you, have, gonna, you have another pair of headphones under, under the, the headphones. Under the headphones. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. 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 Wait, so this is your podcast? Is yes, this okay. is Hello, Isaac. And uh-huh. what we decided to do is like, I want to answer questions for once okay. in my life. Okay. And by the way, even though I've done a million podcasts, like this is an opportunity for me to do like a very in-depth sure. kind of a thing. You know, like sometimes on someone else's podcast, you don't want to go like, hey, you know, here's like the really most serious possible thing or the funniest, craziest, most kind of, you know, ridiculous thing. And so here I feel like we can do that maybe a little bit, you know. Well, my goal is to have you cry and then also (laughs) we can unpack all of your traumas. So I will be... You know, <laughs> Diane Sawyer, Barbara yes. Walters, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean? Okay. We'll I go like deep. It. We'll go deep. I like we'll it. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm going to give you something like the Betty Davis, Faye Dunaway moment. I'm going to give you that today. Okay, that's reveal, what I would like. Yes. I'm going to reveal my own personal Faye Dunaway please, in this interview. Please, please. Well, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, I would like to do a question from me. What's your first memory of us meeting? Do you recall? Do you know what happened? You know, I think it was in a past life, darling. Okay. In like 17th century Spain. I think we were nuns together. <laughs> I think so too. In a convent. We were like sort of sequestered in a convent mm-hmm. during of like course. the Inquisition or something. <laughs> yes. That that actually was what I was gonna say. I was like, I Oh no, I don't that. remember meeting you. Mm-hmm. I don't remember meeting you. Do you mm-hmm. what 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 was it? Okay, so I was at Liz Claiborne, like, you know, interning, right. working, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like hot and I was giving like my best Tom Brown impression. Come on. And like all of the other like boy interns were doing the same thing. And so you walked in and you said, what is this, a Tom Brown fashion show? And so oh, that was our, that? Yes, oh, that was our first funny. sort of interaction. I was like, well, well was, you know what? Perfect. I got to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the, the first Faye Dunaway moment. You okay. ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Which is that like I worked at Liz Claiborne and I didn't realize that I was usurping mm-hmm. Tim Gunn's position there. Like, he was already the fashion person at, at Liz Claiborne, right? Right. And I didn't I didn't know anything about that. I just travel through the world, darling. Yes. You know this. Like, I am insulated from information. So yes. I had absolutely no idea that this person was doing that already. And when mm-hmm. I got the job, you know, Tim Gunn sent me flowers. I was like, well, why is Tim... I mean, I like him, but why is he sending me flowers? Yes. Anyway, then it turned out, like... I didn't even, honestly, I just barreled along. I redid yes. that. You know what an effort that was for yes, me. I redid Liz Claiborne in, what was it, 2010 or 2009 yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. or 2008. Anyway, and so, like, later in his book... Tim Gunn, like, completely trashes me. Did you know this? She she, she dragged you, Queen. She dragged she me, she and dragged I never you. understood why. I never understood, because we met once mm-hmm. when I did Veronica, you know, Veronica Webb's... Yes. Our fa- fabulous favorite person, Veronica Webb. Yes. She and he had a show together, like a fashion reality show or something, mm-hmm. and I taped a segment in my studio, And he was lovely, and I was lovely, and she was lovely, and it was all lovely. And then the next Mm -hmm. thing I know, I'm being dragged in his book. Yes. So anyway, I never understood that. I never understood that. Well, I do, because you hate Brown. That's that's pretty much what it was. You know what? That I mean, that was what the thing said. Yes. It it said in this book that I hated Brown and that I threw Mm -hmm. a fit and threw him out of a fitting, which couldn't be farther from the truth. I don't remember ever being in a fitting with Tim Gunn. Okay, so that's the first thing. I wear black, yes, I wear navy. Yes, yes. I don't love the way brown clothes look. Brown clothes, yes. I should say. Brown I clothes, don't love. Brown clothes. Right. Yeah. No, I love brown food. I love brown, you know, uh cars. I yes. love brown. I just yes. don't like Dogs. I don't like brown I don't like brown clothes. I love a brown dog. Are you of kidding course. me? My dog is brown. My dog so is brown. Just, yes. Georgie <laughs> is a shade of whiskey brown. Yes, yes. So I have a couple of questions from the audience. Okay, let's go. Um, Get it so, going, baby. Okay, so this is from Emily Mac Girl. She says, you're a chameleon with so many talents. How do you know what you want to do or to focus on? You know, that is a really good question. Thank you to Emily. 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 Max. Yes. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, I 
don't choose what I do. I do it. I just do it, you know? And I've always done a lot of things. And I've always been told by my teachers and by my mentors and people that I really respected a lot that I would eventually have to choose one thing and do it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were wrong. They were wrong for me. Mm -hmm. But in general, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense for a person to kind of narrow it down and hone it down, you know. But it never made sense for me. Of course. And the thing that rules my life is work. Mm -hmm. I don't think about any, any other aspect of life. I think only of work. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I think it works between Arnold, my husband, and Mm -hmm. I is because he doesn't have any problems with that. He doesn't make it an issue like, oh, you know, why Mm -hmm. don't you ever pay any more attention to me or I'm not as important to you as your work. Darling, why should that ever be an issue? Why is a person, you know what I mean? So honestly, like he needs a lot of space and I need a lot of space Mm -hmm. to work and to do what I do. And you know, when I was 26 or 27 years old, Bruce Weber, you know, the photographer? Yeah, of course. He recommended this psychic, right? Mm -hmm. I show up, Mm -hmm. she sits down, she looks at my chart or she looks at my tarot. She goes, you know what? I can't read for you because you have made every mistake in the book. Like, there is no saving you. You are Mm -hmm. gone. (laughs) You're never going to amount to anything. It's a terrible life ahead and goodbye. You know, I never told this to anyone except my shrink and other psychics that I've been to see. Mm -hmm. But, you know, ever since she told me that, I think she's right. You know, I think... I made every mistake in the book. I was supposed to be, you know, Patty Lapone or something. Okay. You know, you're I'm not? supposed to be. Uh, I'm I not. Exactly. Say, no, you're uh, right. You're right. It's true. Right, it's, it's, it's true. true. Yes, no, yes. but you know, I was supposed to be in show business mm-hmm. primarily, you know, and I took this sort of path. Mm-hmm. And I've said this many times. I, I needed to get out of the house that I grew up in because it was very wrong. I mean, I had a great childhood. My parents were great. My sisters were great. But it was just hard because it was this kind of orthodox Jewish place. And they did not like gays and they did not like artists, Mm -hmm. you know, not so much in the house, but in the community and the school I went to. And it was really rough. And so I I was plotting my escape, you know. And so it occurred to me that it would be much easier for me to make money in the Mm -hmm. fashion business, seeing as how like there was an actual fashion business in New York, you know, and seeing as how my father had certain connections in the fashion business. You know, when I was like 15 years old, he introduced me to this woman called Ellie Fishman, who was a great, great, great children's wear designer. She had the showroom next door to his. He was a children's wear manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And she took a look at my sketches, and she gave me all of this fabulous advice. She said, you should go to Parsons, and you should do this, and you should do that. And then she introduced me to Molly Parnas, who was a really fabulous designer at the time, and also Anthony Muto, this other great designer. And they looked at my sketches, and they gave me critiques, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how I got into design, because... You know, I was at performing arts high school, having the time of my life, you know, performing, exactly, performing Shakespeare, performing Mm -hmm. Tennessee Williams and going to a chorus line every night and standing in the back, right? Mm -hmm. Literally, standing room at a chorus line cost $6, exactly $6. I mean, who's not going to go stand in the back every night of your life and watch a chorus line? Or Chicago, the original version of Chicago with Gwen Verdon and Cheetah Rivera and Jerry Orbach and all those great people. Anyway, it was such a far leap away from the traditional kind of uh, orthodox Jewry that I was born into. And the point is that I escaped that by getting a job immediately after Parsons at Perry Ellis and making quite a good salary, even right out of school. And then, you know, it grew and grew and grew. And then I became this famous fashion designer. And and really, I, I am trying now to sort of transition into show business. And you know I'm making big inroads, darling. Yes. Big, big, big inroads. I've seen. 
I've seen your transition. So, you know, darling, mm-hmm. I'm also writing a novel yes. and I'm also doing cooking segments and maybe working on a cookbook, you know, so it's a lot going on. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's all good. I'm just saying it's pretty good. It's something that I need to do. And yes. I don't really see like my work in fashion diminishing as much. And so I'm not exactly sure how I do all the things I do. Right. I'm not sure. And by the way, there are things I cannot do. I cannot I do math. Okay. I cannot can you write juggle? music. I can juggle, actually. Okay, yes. well then forget it. All right, so she can do... No, can you do know everything. what I mean. Well, I mean, I remember you said once that if something doesn't amuse you, or if something, you know what I mean? Then it's over. Do you still feel that same way? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. I, I, I And, and it, it, worse. I mean, it gets worse okay. as you get older. Mm-hmm. I was very easily bored through my teenage, my early adulthood, my late adulthood. And now as I approach advanced middle age, advanced middle age. <laughs> as I approach middle age, yes, I should yes, say, yes, of course, I, I, Slowly. I, I, I go, you know what? There's no time for this. Right, I need to move on. This is mm-hmm. so boring. Like that's it. It's over, you know? Mm-hmm. So I have another question from a listener, uh, cater I photos They ask, what gives you hope? What gives me hope? Right. You know, um, I'm not sure. Again, it's like I can't answer questions with a definitive... Mm -hmm. Well, what keeps you going? Like, what gets you on to that next space? My work. Mm -hmm. Work, work, work. Never taking your nose out of your work. That being the most important thing. You know, because I'm good at work. I'm good at focusing. I'm good at accomplishment, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always been a problem sleeper. I've always had like a bad time sleeping my whole life. It's awful. It's it's terrible. And the only thing that, that actually can lull me into a sense of calm enough to go to sleep is thinking about the prospect, not exactly the specifics, but the prospect of waking up the next morning and diving into work. Mm -hmm. You know, it fills me with a kind of like lightness because when I feel like I don't have a good job, Mm -hmm. when I feel like I'm doing the wrong job, I get very heavy and Mm -hmm. I, and I don't sleep and I feel like I have nothing to live for, you know? Mm -hmm. And so hope is about my work because that is the world that I create and that I have, quote unquote, like control over, even though no one has control over anything. No. No. Mm -hmm. But you train yourself to have a kind of control over your own creativity and how you can manipulate that and function. Right? right? And so that is what gives me hope. Knowing that I am excited about the next day is what gives me that kind of hope. Work. Well, then, you know, to pivot on that, um, Sarah Mel- Mallory, she says, what are you afraid of and how do you manage your fears? Hi, Sarah. Hey. Wait, what was the question again? She what said, am I afraid of? What are you afraid of, oh of and how do you manage your fears? Darling, are you kidding? What am I not afraid of? Exactly. You know, what am right. I not afraid of? And the right. thing is, you know, specifically... I'm not really afraid of anything, okay? Like really? when I yes, when I look at the thing in front of me, I mm-hmm. go, okay, here's how we deal with this terrible thing. I do okay. this, that, the other thing and poof, it's gone or it's not gone and I have a real problem, but mm-hmm. you know, in a minute I'm going to have dinner and I'm going to snuggle with my dogs and watch RuPaul Drag Race Philippines, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be happy yeah. for a minute. So I, I've developed this way of escaping my fear. You know, mm-hmm. like I have a wonderful, wonderful life with my husband and my dogs that I really love. So that's the way I deal with the fear. But you know, every night at three in the morning, I wake with this horrible, mm-hmm. horrible fear. And the more I talk to people on this podcast, the more I talk to my friends, mm-hmm. right? The more I realize that that is a universal feeling. And darling, especially now, I mean, with what's going on in this world, the wars and the fake news of it all Mm -hmm. and not knowing what to believe, you know, I wake up with a sense of fear Mm -hmm. about everything. It's like a heavy kind of a weight on my esophagus, literally every single morning. And I'm not making this up. And I come across as this ebullient, fun kind of a guy who bores really easily and who has, you know, millions of things to simulate him, you know, Mm -hmm. which is not untrue, but it is born 
mm-hmm. on the back of really great fear and dread and loathing that is instilled in me. You know, when I was like a tiny kid, when I was like four years old, I had spinal meningitis. You know, Uh, I've told this many, many times. It's in my memoir. Mm -hmm. I don't remember a thing about it, but I guess Mm -hmm. I was raced out of the house, raced to the hospital. They just saved my life. It was in the newspaper because it was like a kind of a rare form of spinal meningitis. And Mm -hmm. it was an item in the post that this boy in Brooklyn was right at Maimonides Hospital or Mount Sinai or wherever they whisked me to. But Uh anyway, the point is that, you know, I think that that trauma... Mm-hmm. embedded itself in me in such a way that like there isn't a moment when I don't feel this kind of fear. Mm-hmm. Fear is a motivating thing. It's a motivating thing. It makes me sort of who I am. It sounds like a terrible thing. It is a terrible thing. I mean, it could be a also, motivator. Yeah, exactly. It can be a motivator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Betty Holbrush and I, we talked about that. You know, Betty, the fabulous mm-hmm. Betty, she yes. says she's afraid to like leave the room in the morning. And I am mm-hmm. with her on that. But then I confront this idea that I have mm-hmm. to go out into the world and I do it, you know? Yes. I do it. And some things are easier than others. And some things that you repeat a lot get easier. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Helen Javez asked, what is the epitome of love in your eyes? Helen Javez, you know... The epitome of love to me is never wanting to part from these people, from these from these dogs, from my mm-hmm. husband, from Myra. You know, it's like I always want to be friends with these people. I never want to not be friends with them, you know. And to me, that is truly love. You know, it's like when you have to part from somebody and you just hate parting from them. Mm-hmm. That is a rare, rare, yes. rare yes. thing. You know, it's right. like... Yes. When we're together, me and you, this is yes. not whatever. I don't want it to end. Like when I have to of hang course. up the phone, I'm like, all right, well, right, when is right. our next call going to be? You know what right. I mean? So that's really, to me, the epitome of love. And one thing I have to say, like mm-hmm. my husband is just the most wonderful. I mean, yes. we love each other so much. By the way, watch us get divorced next <laughs> week or something, God forbid. <laughs> On next but, week's episode. You know, <laughs> the next separation. week's episode, right. Exactly. right. Uh-huh. The yes. separation. No, but you know what? Like, 
I I love him so much and I'm not even sure what the hell is happening. It's kind of deepening, you mm-hmm. know, whereas like we met in 2000 and 2000. And then we separated for a really long time, very shortly after 2000. And we came back together in 2007. And we've been together since then. We got married in 2011, right? Mm -hmm. And over the course of those years, it has had its ups. Sure. Terrible downs, like downs where I really didn't think it was going to work out. Like one at one point, Arnold like left the house with the dog and a bag mm-hmm. and that was it. Yes. And I thought, okay, bye. You know, and I felt so bad. Of and course. something always brought us back together. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we don't have an open relationship. We are monogamous, you know? Not saying that's going to be forever. Of course. I can't. Not saying, I'm not sorry, say- but... <laughs> on next week's saying, episode, next we, week's explore episode we explore an open relationship and, you know... Polyamory. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. No, but you know what? It just happens that we are monogamous. I guess yes. we're both, like, you know, generationally, we believe in that. Weirdly, mm-hmm. we don't believe in God. We don't believe in this. We don't believe in that. But we do believe in monogamy. It doesn't make any uh, sense, but... I, I believe in the same thing, of, uh, you know, for, right. for my situation. I mean, it's not because I don't find other men attractive or lovable or sexy or something. Mm -hmm. It's just because, I don't know, it seems so messy. And I went through that, darling. I went Mm -hmm. through a long period of like, you know, of of whoredom. You know, I slept with a lot of whoredom, And I had a few moments. I had a few moments. And and I don't regret it. I think it was the greatest thing I ever did. And by Mm -hmm. the way, I had this incredible psychic Mm -hmm. who actually said to me, darling, you should go to the edge. Don't be afraid. And I know you can be careful and I know Uh about AIDS and I know about all the terrible diseases and blah, blah, blah and crazy people out there. But you go to that edge, you know, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to do that. And and it was good advice, you know, it was good advice tempered with her saying to be careful. Right. It was very, very good advice for her to tell me to loosen up and go out and meet all these people. And that is how I met Arnold. We met on the street as a total hookup. It was Wait, tell me that hookup. story because I love that really? story. Really? Yes. Okay, I was walking Harry. Uh-huh. We were selling my mother's house mm-hmm. because it had been years since my father passed away and she didn't need this big house. We were selling it, right? And I came from the lawyers and I was wearing this gorgeous suit with flip-flops. I remember it was a beautiful Savile Row suit with a tie and a Uh pocket square. And I was freaking out because Harry, I had to leave him extra long that day Mm -hmm. for his midday walk. And I was freaking out. I raced into the apartment Uh and I got him for a walk and we're walking around the block and I noticed Arnold Mm -hmm. and he noticed me from across not from across 12th Street, Dolly, from across mm-hmm. Fifth Avenue, okay? Like, literally from an avenue. I was yes. like, who's that, that, darling? Right, exactly. Who is that, right? Who is she? Who is that, right? Uh-huh. And, and, and I just kept walking. And the next thing I knew... I was on 13th Street and it was like Arnold and he was saying, oh, hi, hi, hi. Listen, aren't you that designer? And I was mm-hmm. like, yes. And finally, somebody saying, aren't you that person uh-huh. who wasn't there to say like, oh, you know, we need to do a license together or, you know, or can you get right, me wholesale right, or something? He was actually, exactly. <laughs> right, I get a like, discount. I could feel his kind of attraction. You know what I mean? There was a great attraction. Uh Listen, if we felt the attraction across like the breadth of Fifth Avenue, right? right? Uh It it meant something. Yes. You know, like you can immediately tell if somebody is creepy or not creepy or what their intentions are. And Mm -hmm. anyway, this is before cell phones, this is before everything. So we walked around to 12th Street in front of my building and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, gee, I don't have a pen. Want to come upstairs so I can get your phone number? Because we didn't have pens. So there we were upstairs and, you know, Uh the rest is kind of history. History. Mm -hmm. What a love story, you know? Well, you know, I'll tell you what. Shirley MacLaine, you know her, right? She said that I think she met her husband at like a bar, like a, you know, a singles bar. And I was like, right on, Shirley. You know, so I feel like it's a great place to meet your your husband. Well, you you know, know, on the street, you know, anywhere I know a lot of people meet their people online. That's another way of of meeting someone. You know, that's... Right. So that's What's like the, the difference? The, there's not really. I mean, you could meet them at Cahoots and that would be fine. Oh, not Cahoots. You didn't cahoots. bring that up. Uh, cahoots. I, uh, 
Well, Cahoots was this thing. bar <laughs> in the like the eighties. It was yes. one of the first gay bars that I went to in my life. Uncle Charlie's, uh -huh. Cahoots, yes. Boy Bar. What else? There were a few other really good bars that I used to go to. And then I, later there was like Splash. There was right. this place called Candle on the Upper West Side. There were Ooh. a few really good kind of bars. There was the scariest place called The Townhouse, which that, yeah, I, I went like maybe twice in my life. And I feel like that's your favorite place, <laughs> like The Townhouse. It's just so <laughs> genius. You know oh, what I mean? It's so crazy. You, show, you showed me the commercial for Townhouse and it wrecked me. I mean, it's like the craziest thing I've ever seen. There was a it's commercial like, for yes, Townhouse? There's, there's a commercial on about Townhouse and it's like people stealing kisses. Like, And then like there's a right. dress code that's implemented. There was a dress code. Exactly. A dress code. It was Still. a blazer. You had yes. to be in a blazer, if not a yes. suit and tie. And it of was like course. professionals. Well, professionals classy. at the Townhouse. Yes, exactly. Oh my God, how crazy that place was! But no, anyway, it's still kind of crazy and still and like genius a little bit. I mean, just is it? It's, it's well, hilarious. it's still there. That that it's yes. still there is a yes. crazy thought. Yes, no, it's insane. Um, okay, so I have another question from Vicky Wary Tobias. Vicky, Vicky. She asked if you weren't living in New York, where would be your favorite place <gasps> to live? Wow. Well, you know what, darling? What? Can I just tell you something? Please. Nowhere. I would live nowhere. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean it. Where's nowhere? No, I mean the only place I would and will ever live is New York. And by the way, <laughs> I've had to stay in Los Angeles for a month here right. and Paris for a month there and blah, blah. And the thing is, I will continue to do that. Mm -hmm. I will always be an East Coast kind of New York guy. Mm -hmm. And if I have to spend four or five months somewhere else, I will do so. I will never move. Of and course. I don't think I could live anywhere else. I used to like London a lot. Uh-huh. I don't like it so much anymore, you know? Like, since Brexit, I feel a weird kind of constriction since Brexit. It's I, my own fantasy, but... I love London. Like, when I when I went there, I was like, mm -hmm. I actually could live here. It's just the food isn't so great. But I well, guess the food is great can... now. Oh, my really? God. You're... Well, when Where? I, darling, listen to me. When I was a kid going to yes. London in, like, the late 70s and the early 80s and the 90s, the food was mm -hmm. horrible. Okay. Like, there was no food. It was like That's Paris had great food and Italy had great food. Uh -huh. Nothing to eat in London. And right. now, by the way, there is terrible food in Paris. You right. can get some real really bad food in Paris. Right. And London has a million good restaurants, like some of the great restaurants. I mean- No one it. from London, Vicky, don't come for me. The you other know, place, you know what? I don't hate Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I think the longest I've ever sp spent in Los Angeles is about three or four weeks. And I like it. I, I like the yeah. whole, because here's the thing. You know what? Like I don't drive. I can't drive on a freeway. So it always uh -huh. has to be a car and driver for me. Oh. So I don't know where I am in Los Angeles. They're always like, oh, exactly. here, we're downtown, we're uptown. I'm like, is there an uptown and a downtown in this place? Right. But anyway, right. I like Los Angeles. I don't know. I mean, I would live there for four or five months or six months or whatever. You know, um, I would live in Chicago. I mm -hmm. adore Chicago. How about really? that? Oh, my God. Chicago is one of the great. It's like kind of a lot like New York, except uh -huh. it's slightly smaller. And slightly mm -hmm. more kind of friendly or something. And just every inch is interesting. They have millions of museums there. And, well, they don't really have a theater thing going on there. And that's mm -hmm. my thing. Like, I need a Broadway show every minute, you know, right, like, course, right, to hate. I need a Broadway show. You need a Broadway hate. show to see and to hate. To see and to hate, exactly. Right, right. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, no. It's true. It's true. I it's do true. love to it's hate true. a Broadway yes. show. I yes. love it yes, more do. than loving a Broadway show. I love to hate a Broadway Of course. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and oh, we've seen. Jesus. You know, you've we've seen. Gone, you've we've seen. seen. <laughs> we've seen. We've seen that. We've seen that. Uh, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's okay. True. No, I do it's love true. a Broadway show. Yes. I do love. That, you know, if you're in New York, it takes, what, like six or seven hours to get to Europe or eight hours to get to Europe. Whereas uh -huh. if you live in Los Angeles, it takes like a trillion years to get to Europe. But then again, if you live in Los Angeles, it takes less time to get to Japan or something, right? right. And there was this whole 
kind of movement afoot when I was a kid, like in the 80s, <laughs> uh-huh. where people would go like, oh, you know, the Pacific Rim. Soon it's going to be all about Los Angeles because everyone just wants to be in like, you know, Japan and Asia and okay. whatever. Yes. And so it's going to become all about Los Angeles because it's quicker to get there from Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, you know what, Pacific Rim, darling? Rim this, honey. Rim who, this. No. Who is she? No, 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 no. Right, exactly. I don't know. Pacific Rim, darling. No. No okay. to the Pacific <laughs> Oh, wait. oh my God. You, now I'm bringing back all these memories, but go on. Wait, go on. did you ever fly the Concorde to get to uh, and from Excuse me? Did okay, I just, fly the Concorde? I'm I flew asking. the Concorde okay. with so many times. Tell me. It was incredible because you got there in like three hours. You were in Paris yeah, in three okay. hours. You were in like, you know, London. There was <laughs> yes. a BA Concorde. Uh-huh. It was also the most terrifying thing in the I world. I was going because, to say it looks so scary. Oh, because it's <laughs> narrow, 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 yes. narrow. You're, literally, there's two tiny seats, an aisle, mm-hmm. and then two tiny seats. And it's long. Yes. And you can barely stand up. And there's stewardesses with carts. And it's sure. crazy. And by the way, you know, like two seats ahead of you is Anna Winter. Right, right. And Ray Charles right. and Merce Cunningham. I'm not kidding you. This was who used to fly in the Concorde. Yes. And I swear they could never land where they were supposed to because it was too light or too much uh-huh. wind. Uh-huh. And I was in the Concorde a few times when, like, they had to drop fuel over the ocean and go back. And then you'd have to get another flight. And it took you three times as long. And it was uh-huh. also expensive. It was so crazy. Anyway, so many times. That happened to me twice where they had to dump the fuel and go back. And then once we barely landed in London. And it was so scary, and we didn't mm-hmm. land where we were supposed to land. Where'd so I, land? Did, I was with George Malcolmus, who was a really good friend of mine, yes, George yes, of Manolo yes. Blahnik fame, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I don't know why he was on the same flight in the Concorde. And uh-huh. luckily, because he was able to arrange a car, I am so not good at arranging things, really. I, it's like, you yeah. can arrange things. I've no, seen. I get an assistant to arrange things, you, darling. Did you arrange your assistant to arrange those things? I'm just saying. Well, this is before the cell phone and before mm, the, right. the Wi Fi. Right. You know, where you could say to the, we're not landing at Spittlesfield or wherever the hell the name of that uh-huh. airport was in London. We're landing at some other godforsaken place near London. Right. And I need now, by the way, it's going to be a three hour drive to get to yes. London. You yes. see what you think you're making up for, you're not making up. I only brought that up because I was watching the supermodel documentary and they were talking about it and they looked it up and I'm like, this seems like the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was very scary. And by the way, Linda Evangelista. I'm sure I told this story before. It's a really Uh hilarious story. She used to really like my clothes and she would order them at fittings. Mm -hmm. And then one day she came to a fitting and there was some clothes for her. And Dawn Brown, this woman who ran public relations for me in those days, she said to Linda, where should we send these clothes? And she was like, hmm, you know what? Just send them to the Air France Concord Lounge. They'll know where to find me. And I was like, what? And she meant that. She was, I know, it was really fabulous. It was very fabulous. Linda is fabulous. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Okay, so Sarah Simone asks, how are you able to find time to do all the things you're involved with, designing, etc.? How do I find time to do what I do? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I I have way too much time on my hands. Really? Like, yeah, I end up spending a lot of time, you know, playing computer bridge. Right, right. I mean it. Um, I don't know. It's it's really not an issue. Finding time to do stuff that you need. I always say that it's actually it takes less time. You know, to do what you want and to do all the things you want, then it takes to kind of regret not doing what you want. Regret is a very time consuming pastime, darling. It's a very, very time consuming thing. Regret is that's going to eat away at you, darling. It's going to eat away at you. Try not to regret shit. Try to do everything and not regret not doing things. I mean, do you have them? Well, you know, back to that psychic that Mm -hmm. Bruce Weber told me to go see, right? Like maybe I did do everything. Maybe I should regret everything I've ever done, you know, Mm -hmm. but I got to tell you, it's like, you know, I've been told by better psychics mm-hmm. that she was crazy. I've been working <laughs> right. on this in therapy since I'm eight years old, you mm-hmm. know, right? And I think in my case, you know, I write a lot of jokes. I do mm-hmm. a, an act in a club that I then take on tour to theaters and it really works great in theaters. It almost becomes like a crazy little, very intimate concert, you know? Mm-hmm. And I find that like, because I don't have this monotonous past because mm-hmm. I did do so many different things. I feel like I have a lot more to talk about or something. Okay. Like I feel that the culture that that everyone needs to kind of encourage within themselves. Like I think everybody is constantly looking at art and mm-hmm. reading things and looking at politics and looking at the world they live in and their figuring out who they are and they're expressing themselves in an original way. And in my case, you know, darling, I've seen a lot of different stuff. I had a talk show on two different networks for like a total of seven years. You know, I did talking heads on red carpets for years next to Joan Rivers. Exactly. You know, and I've met all these people and I know these people and I've been to like factories and crazy places like, you know, whatever it is in Asia and in Europe. And it was just different kinds of experiences. So when I talk about things, Mm -hmm. I tend to think that it's an interesting perspective. Like when I said earlier that I don't like to be bored, I would also rather die than bore people. You know, I, I don't think that's possible, by the way. Well, I haven't seen it. I haven't experienced it. I haven't seen it. Right. But you, and the other thing is, like, because I didn't start telling jokes mm-hmm. at a young age, the way like Seinfeld or something, you know, they all start when they're in their teens and their 20s and they go to the comedy club and they tell a million bad jokes. Right. right? And then they finally get a good one and they think, wow, this is a good joke. And they mm-hmm. learn what a good joke is, you know. Right. Well, I was learning what good jokes were all these years, too, without having to, like, fail at bad jokes. That never resonates to me when they say, oh, you have to, like, tell a million bad jokes till you get a good 10 minutes, you know? Well, you also you also are funny. I mean, I feel like a sense of humor and all of that stuff is sort of, you know, it's like taste. Like, you either have it or you don't have it. So I know that there has to be a difference between being funny in life and then being funny on stage, right? Right. There is, because on stage, you need some laughs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you have to go for the jugular. You have to build and build and build and then get a laugh. You right. know, like, you have to get a lot of little laughs and then a big laugh. So it's a kind of an architecture, right? But what I'm saying is, like, you know... I do a little of that, but mm-hmm. I do mostly this kind of audience like engagement where I th- hope that they're very interesting because 
things occur to me on stage that right. are much more interesting than just a joke. You well, know what I mean? Is that what you think of when you're on stage and doing your cabaret? Mostly what I'm thinking of is what is happening exactly at that moment, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like topical, right? Like what is the topic of the moment or something? Right. Like when I was in Houston a couple of weeks ago, it was Beyonce's birthday, yes. right? National big concert, holiday, by the way. National, national holiday. Yes. And they had a big concert and I couldn't believe we were sold out, but we were. Mm -hmm. And we had a big crowd, you know, at the Zilka Center or whatever yes. it was. Yes. And I thought, and I'm not kidding. The first line was, so I guess you couldn't get tickets to Beyonce, right? <laughs> right. And it just occurred to me. I looked right. at them. I was like, what the fuck are you people doing here yeah. when you could actually be at the Beyonce birthday concert? Are you right. crazy? Right. You know? Right. Well, did, did <laughs> and it they occur liked it. Did, that was a funny joke. Were, did you say you were also the Beyonce of the Jews? Like at that I did not moment, say that. Say no, well, I didn't said, say it. You could have said it. Except, you know what? I wasn't wearing my hand embroidered time. leotard. Exactly. This time. This yeah, time. exactly. Right, right, right. I know your birthday's coming up, right? It'll oh, God. Can we please talk about how shitty birthdays are? Yes. They are so shitty. Well, because okay? there's so much pressure behind it. It's pressure to either have a good day, pressure to see someone or do something you don't want to do, or just the fact that it's happening in general. So I Exactly, you know, I exactly. And either you're going to be surprised by a bunch mm -hmm. of people surprising you. Is there anything worse than walking oh, into a room, people going, surprise? You want to kill? No, it's not going to happen, right? No. Or you're planning your own birthday party, which and, seems so repulsive and so and ridiculous. no one comes. But it's still, right. it's like a lot of stress. And then you think it's not going to be as fun as like, and then you end up doing nothing. And then you mm -hmm. feel really shitty about doing nothing. Yes. And then people send flowers. Right, right. Uh, don't send, don't send. Don't the send unless, the flowers. Unless it's, unless it's uh, Miho. Unless it's Miho. Well, you know, unless it's one or two or three things yes. from Miho. Miho, right, of course. Or Zay or some right, florist that I really like, but Please. don't send the flowers. Don't, don't send the flowers. Send the flowers. Send flowers. I like flowers, but that's yes. I, but don't send the flowers because I love flowers. Yes, so yes. don't send me flowers. Don't sell me okay. anything to eat because okay. that's also cruel when I'm always trying to diet. I was going to send an edible arrangement and a couple, you know, uh, some flowers to your house, but I edible guess Edible arrangement. Yes, edible oh my God, that is hilarious. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, like what? I spend so much time worrying about like, you know, what I'm eating and edible arrangements and people uh -huh. sending me things or whatever. And then there was that incredible, um, the wonderful moment from Oprah where okay. she went, you know, I'm embarrassed that all this time in my life I've wasted wasted thinking I'm fat, I'm ugly. What uh -huh. the hell? Who the hell cares? Do you remember mm -hmm. when she made that statement? That was something like 15 years ago. And I was like, oh my God, Oprah, I love you. So this was the greatest thing anyone ever said. But uh -huh. then she regressed and she went on a diet and now she's like on a zen. Because literally, we don't, I'm serious. We don't say, but we you don't. Know, she looks so skinny now. And I just want to go like, why is everyone? And yet, because mm -hmm. it is a weird common thing for people of my generation. Yeah. And we must, must move past that. That's what I really want to do. That's what I want to do on my birthday. Just get okay. over it already. Yes. Get over it. But you don't feel like it gets easier? No. And you know what? Every year when I go for my checkup, my doctor uh -huh. goes, you're oh, bordering yeah. on obesity, darling. You're okay. bordering on obesity. And uh -huh. he's not wrong. He's oh. like, well, if you were going to be your regular, this would be. And it's like, I'm supposed to be 40 pounds thinner than I am. You know, That's that'll what make they say. anybody crazy. That'll make right. anybody nuts. Of course. You know? It's like, hey, like, happy birthday. Also, can you fix it? Can you change? Exactly. Right, right. Okay, so last question. Okay. Is there anything that you'd like to promote on, on this podcast? Well, I have some shows. First of all, at Cafe Carlisle, I'm doing like a sort of a holiday show, November 28th and 29th. Please get tickets to that. And I also have a show on December 1st in Stony Brook, New York. And that'll be okay. fun. People can come to that. Come on, Stony Brook. Come on, Stony Brook. <laughs> Please go to my website, Hello Isaac, to get tickets. HelloIsaac.com. Well, I mean, I think that's it, right? Could it I mean, possibly be it? I, I think well, part there like, could, 15 right. needs to happen, obviously. Right, but I'm, I'm down for part 15. I'll have my people talk to your people. <laughs> and we can probably... Exactly. 
put something together. But this has been fun. Well, it's been really great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You did me a real favor. You did me a real solid, darling. It's my pleasure. Well, I mean, on top of feeling completely naked, like I've said stuff that I probably shouldn't have said, I feel very accomplished. I feel like I did what we set out to do, which was an even more in-depth interview than I could ever possibly do for any other podcast or any other interview or any other magazine article. Like, this was a lot of truth. Like, it was so much truth that I need a nap, for God's sake. And darlings, you heard it here first. That was so much fun. Keep the questions coming, because who knows? This may become a regular thing. Thank you so much for listening. Darlings, if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor and tell someone, tell a friend, tell your mother, tell your cousin, tell everyone you know, okay? And be sure to rate the show. I love rating stuff. Go on and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so more people can hear about it. It makes such a gigantic difference and like it takes a second. So go on and do it. And if you want more fun content, videos and posts of all kinds, follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Hello Isaac Podcast. And by the way, check me out on Instagram and TikTok at I am Isaac Mizrahi. This is Isaac Mizrahi. Thank you. I love you. And I never thought I'd say this, but goodbye, Isaac. Hello, Isaac is produced by Imagine Audio, Awfully Nice, and I Am Entertainment for iHeartMedia. The series is hosted by me, Isaac Mizrahi. Hello, Isaac is produced by Robin Gelfenbein. The senior producers are Jesse Burton and John Asante. It is executive produced by Ron Howard, Brian Grazer, Cara Welker, and Nathan Clokey at Imagine Audio. Production management from Katie Hodges. Sound design and mixing by Cedric Wilson. Original music composed by Ben Walzer. A special thanks to Neil Phelps and Sarah Katanak at I Am Entertainment. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.